everybody. This is Tina again with Good Nurse, Bad Nurse. And today we're going to be doing something a little different. I wanted to try something new. I have a nurse with me, Sandy. Hello. How are you? Hi, I'm great. Thank you. <laughs> Sandy is a nurse, but she also is a podcaster. Um, Sandy, do you want to tell them a little bit about your podcast before we get started? Sure. So uh, my co- podcast is called Y'all Need Coffee and Jesus. Uh, as it sounds, it is a, a religious, a faith-based podcast. But uh, basically, we like to uh, talk to women who uh, feel excluded by the normal church. Um, mm-hmm. Those of us who have been through things in life that are normal things for everyone else, but the church sometimes seems to look down on us. Uh, mm-hmm. Those of us that have been divorced. Um, who have lost children, have broken families, um, or just general hard times. Um, A lot of us uh, go through periods in life where we don't feel like we connect with the church. And so um, we're here to talk to you guys when you feel like you can't walk through those doors and find comfort. Oh, wow. I love that. I love it. I love your podcast too. It's very um, encouraging. And um, I just, I I think it's great. It's a positive message and it's something that people need because I think there are people out there who feel like, you know, they have to kind of get everything, get their life together before they can go to church. And um, this kind of gives them permission, I guess, to just be human. Yes. (laughs) That's where you need to be when you're having a hard time in life. And yet so many times you walk in the door, you tell somebody your problems and they just have that blank stare like a deer in the headlights. I have no idea what to say to you. Did you? Did you come to the wrong door? (laughs) Go over here now. Nice to have you. (laughs) (laughs) That's so awkward. (laughs) Well, all right. Well, and so it's called y'all need coffee and Jesus, right? Not I love coffee too. So it's just, it's just right at my alley. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So I mentioned that we were going to do something a little different. So normally um, the way we had been doing it, it was sort of like a uh, one person tells um, a story and then the other person tells a story. And what I thought might be fun to do would be for both of us to research the stories and both of us sort of have a conversation about them in with from our different perspectives of what each other found. So like I, we sort of scoured the internet and found the story of this woman. She is a nurse. I'm embarrassed to say in North Carolina, right? She was in North Carolina. I was thinking she was from North Carolina. She worked at the VA there is where I saw in one of the um, articles that I was reading. And I think that's about the, where it ends. Oh, was it South? South Carolina, yes. It was a Carolina. Yes. It's close. I mean, I have my notes here and I was like, wait, I don't think I put that in here anywhere. Her name is Lana Clayton, Lana Sue Clayton. I love that. Lana Sue. Like Lana that's, Sue. A, that's a good Southern name. Lana Sue. It just yep. sounds, sounds like she's right out of South Carolina. Mm-hmm. So she was married to Stephen Clayton and she called 911 one day and apparently found her husband at the bottom of some stairs. Mm-hmm. So when they got there, they were like, well, he's laying at the bottom stairs. And she said, yeah, he's, um, he's been sick for several days. Um, she wasn't sure what was wrong with him. He'd had vertigo. Did you read that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a common cause for falling down the stairs. Yeah. I mean, it is. It's pretty much just dizziness, you know. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then she just said she left him 
upstairs in the bedroom because he had been, that's kind of where he'd ha- been hanging out the past several days. And then she went outside to mow the yard. That's what I, fa- I found right. in one of the articles. Like, like any good Southern housewife would do. Mowing, well, mowing and the yard. It, mm-hmm. what I found kind of interesting about that is that where they lived is not your typical suburban home with a little yard that you just go out and mow real fast. She lived in this sprawling estate that was mm-hmm. like the home was a, like a replica of Mount Vernon. George Washington's. Oh yeah, um, just a simple country. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I found it kind of odd that she just, she went out to mow the yard, and you know they're living in this million, you know, over a million dollar estate. But yeah, I mean, maybe. I mean, you know, yeah. sometimes people want to stay active. Yeah. I also saw that um, her husband, even though he's only sixty four, he was already retired from mm-hmm. his business. So he's so successful that not only do they have a million dollar lakefront mansion. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's also already not working and yet she's still mowing their yard. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, again, I, no judgment here. If you want to mow your yard, you go right ahead. That's like my favorite check to write every month. Like, please, <laughs> please mow my yard. Mm-hmm. I will absolutely pay you. I was like, oh, I'll do anything. I'll work. And I do not shift. have a million dollar estate on the no. <laughs> lake in South Carolina. No, but I would rather work an extra shift at the hospital than to have to mow my yard because I live on a hill and I personally, I don't know that I would survive it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would end up in the hospital. With some vertigo yourself. <laughs> yes. So so they get there and here he is laying at the bottom of the stairs. And, you know, she's like, oh, he's been sick. He's been dizzy and had some vertigo. But I mean, I don't know what happened to him. So they start investigating it and he did pass away. So the police are going, well, you know, we, we probably should just look into this and just see, you know, any any reason to be suspicious, of, you know, to, or to, to be wondering, you know, about her. Everybody said, oh, no, it was a happy couple, wonderful couple there's you know no way in the world there's anything weird you know going on here yeah i read one story that said the neighbor said that the the lana attended a bible study every week that's she right yeah i saw that too a regular figure at a bible study so that's yeah good. so you know great for us I'm sure, right so i'm sure the police were just like well you know just out of protocol we really we have to look into it but we're not going to find anything i think it might even be state off when it's a like unexpected death in the home i think they have to do an autopsy okay i think so they did an autopsy and got some interesting results now i i it seems like i remember learning from somewhere and i could have been it could have been c CSI, <laughs> or it could, I don't know where it was, but that that they only when they do an autopsy, they don't just necessarily test for every single drug that's known to man. It's like there are specific ones that they're looking mm-hmm. for. So I don't know if they were really looking for this, you know, what they found, or if it's something that just they just kept looking for. Well, try this, or try this, or try this, because yeah, the the only the only experience I've had with that is we actually had a patient come in one time asking to be tested for some things because they thought that someone might be poisoning them. Um, And so in a case where the patient is still alive, Mm -hmm. then you actually take a detailed history with the patient and, and what they, what they're, thinking is going on and what their suspicion is. And, and then you can actually, you know, based off of chemicals they might have in their house normally uh, or, or their occupation or whatever they're being exposed to, then you can sort of formulate a, a panel of substances to test for because you can test for a lot of different things. Uh, right. This guy was not being poisoned by his wife. Thank goodness. But oh, we did test for it. <laughs> I mean, if you even suspect, if I had to wonder if my husband was doing something like that, I probably would just go ahead and 
didn't leave. Yeah, I think I would. I, I thought about that too uh, as we get farther into the story. But yeah, I, I don't know that if that sort of trust wasn't there, like like I can go to sleep and know that I'm going to wake up the next day. Yeah. If I don't have that trust in my husband, no. I'm, not, I'm not sure that I'm going to stick around. <laughs> I don't think it's a good idea. I'm going to go ahead and give that advice now officially as a, yeah. a non-professional, just a person. You should at the very least. <laughs> just go to a hotel for a little while. Like just, yeah. just to be sure, you know, just step away. Yeah. So what, so what was the drug that the chemical that they found in his system? Oh, you're going to make me pronounce it. <laughs> so what is it? Tetrahydrosoline, tetrahydrosoline. I know, I know a little bit about this chemical. Basically it's, a, it's the preservative that um, they use in eye drops. Uh-huh. And um, so it's not, it's um you know, vasoconstrictor. So it shrinks the little blood vessel. So it's not in like your normal, like some people are dumb and read this stuff and think, oh, I can probably prank on my friends and put eye drop solution in their coffee and make them have to go to the bathroom because that's what yes. they did in wedding crashers. It's not saline solution. That won't work. <laughs> it's like the body like gets the red out, you know, mm-hmm. visine. Yeah, it's that's that, what it's I was, that yeah, that's what I was wondering about because there, yeah, there's, I knew there was a movie where they yeah. thought it was, would be funny yeah. to do that. And it seems like that's kind of reckless for a movie, you know, pr- producer to be putting that in a film because it doesn't just cause diarrhea. It's, it actually can kill you. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I was kind of surprised because, of course, that pops up when you start looking at this story online. But I was surprised I didn't get a whole lot of criticism about that. Like, you'll see a, little, a few, you know, anecdotal things about it, like, oh, they shouldn't do that. But it's kind of like, eh, you know. <laughs> oh, well, if you're getting your prank ideas for movies, you know, at least Google it first. Make sure it's a good idea. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so it is commonly found in eye drops and so then the police are going well okay she was thinking i'm sure that her excuse of oh he had vertigo and so he got dizzy and fell on the stairs well they're gonna find that his blood pressure was like zero mm-hmm. and so yeah that makes sense right yeah because yeah. probably just stood up and lost his balance and fell down the stairs it's the first time he's been downstairs in days poor exactly. guy exactly Mm-hmm. Bad flu. Yep. So they they start looking at their relationship, and lo and behold, this wasn't the first thing incident that had happened to poor Stephen. Mm. So a few years ago, he had had another, they had a little accident. Right. So apparently, Miss Lana Sue likes to uh, go hunting with her crossbow, mm. mm-hmm. but she doesn't know how to use it. She doesn't know how to load it. So she had to take it upstairs while he was sleeping and see if he could help her load the crossbow. So oh, this happened a couple of years ago. You do go hunting early in the morning, uh-huh. right? So that's true. Know, obviously she was going by herself yeah, and on her own property because, you know, you wouldn't load your crossbow and then drive with it loaded any more <laughs> than you would your rifle. <laughs> well, one would hope. This makes perfect sense. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's totally realistic. I, I, I mean, I know when I was reading, I was thinking, well, that's, that's completely reasonable to think that she, you know, she got a crossbow out, she wanted to go hunting and then she realized, well, crap, I don't know how to load it. So they're really, they're really hard to load. I have actually tried to load a crossbow before and not been able to, because that tension is, it is very difficult. Yes. Mm -hmm. So she took it upstairs to her husband and he was asleep and she was like, well, darn, I guess he's asleep. Oh, I guess I'll go back downstairs. And then she accidentally pulled the trigger and it went off and hit him in the head. So 
maybe maybe she was just trying to make sure she had it loaded correctly because I'm obviously she had it loaded. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the whole thing is just, it's a little bit confusing, but I'm, I'm trying to give her the benefit of the doubt here. She has a good shot, obviously. She got him right in the back of the head. So <laughs> It said it was just a surface wound, so I don't know. <laughs> oh, maybe. <laughs> But anyway, so she, that but happened and I think he stayed like he thought it was an accident. He no, he did. He, 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 he did. That. Yeah. I mean, he was, he told the police, I, this was an accident. There's no way she did this on purpose. And I'm sure when she did it, she, I mean, he's, he's alive. It was a surface wound. It's not, it wasn't fatal by any means. So she, I, you know, she's not going to act, she's going to act like it's an accident. What else is she going to do? Right. And he bought it. He completely was like, you know, he, he, it never occurred to him, I guess, that she would try to hurt him. I actually saw one story that said that part of his reasoning why she would never try to hurt him is because he, she frequently sleepwalked. So it was not uncommon to see her walking around the bedroom, I guess, with a weapon, because is that a diagnosis? Sleepwalking to the armament and yeah. choosing a weapon and roaming around the bedroom with it? Like if I knew I sleepwalked, I believe I would be locking up all the weapons. And and yeah. if I knew my husband sleepwalked, I believe I would be locking them up for, you know, for him too. Which that doesn't even go along with it any, anyway, because she was... Her story is he's helping me load it or I need him to help me load it. His story right. is she was sleepwalking. Yes. Yeah. I caught that too. And I'm thinking, what were the police thinking? Like mm. it, they said no intent of a crime to be committed. <laughs> but she got away with it. And then, you know, fast forward two years later and. And he stayed like, the, what? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I hope he did get a good gun locker. Because I'm sure the crossbow wasn't the only weapon in his house in South Carolina. Yeah. I mean, and then, of course, with her being a nurse, I guess she starts thinking about the ways that she, you know, could do something to eliminate him. Because I read also that he made her the sort of, they had only been married eight years. And so it's not like they'd been married for, you know, 30 years and had built his wealth together. She had, right. they had only been married eight years, but he did make her the person that would be getting, you know, the bulk of the estate if yeah. anything were to happen to him. Which again, I don't know. That makes no sense to me as somebody that you know. I mean, he he had to have known that couldn't have been an accident with the crossbow. I don't know if he really truly wanted to not believe that it could be possible, or mm-hmm. if he just figured he would handle it on his own. And he didn't want to have the scandal of having to send his wife to prison. Yeah, and you know, and people and and abuse and you know, domestic violence goes both ways. It doesn't always have to be the man being abusive to the woman or can go, it can be mutual, you know, it can right. be both people being abusive to each other, just in a toxic relationship where yeah. both people are just, you know, just lose control and tempers flare and that sort of thing. And in that case, people justify actions because they don't want to get out of the relationship or they really love the other person. And by all accounts, he really did love her. And it sounds like he did because why mm-hmm. else would he have put up with all of that? I mean, he's, yeah. he had all of the money, he had built all of the wealth that he had built and so he really didn't have a reason to stay with her if he didn't love her it's really mm-hmm. sad when you think about it you yeah. know i do wonder because the, they now they haven't this is all allegedly still because even though she's confessed to the crime that she, they actually haven't been prosecuted yet this is a fairly recent story mm-hmm. but they haven't said yet whether or not there was a prenup involved because she'd already been divorced once because she mm-hmm. has kids that are not his has found okay. that. so uh so she was married before and she had i think at least two kids so it would seem like divorce wouldn't be that big of a deal unless the problem was 
she wasn't going to get anything because he was rich when they got married. Yeah. And she wanted to maintain the lifestyle, but yeah, I I saw where she just, it said that she just confessed immediately. Now I think that she is claiming that he was, he was abusive to her. She, yeah. Now she says, yeah, he's, he was mentally abusive, but Mm -hmm. she didn't, she didn't confess. Well, I mean, she confessed immediately when they called her back to the, once they got the toxicology. Yeah. They were like, hey, mm-hmm. can I ask you something? But did you catch the part where they actually had the funeral inside their own home? Oh, I saw that. Yes, I did. That the funeral so, was held there at that estate, the George Washington replica. She mourned her own husband's passing that she caused mm-hmm. in the same house that she caused it in. Mm-hmm. That's crazy to me. Like, I mean, I can't imagine doing that myself, but can but can you imagine doing that and then pretending so pretending everything was fine or like normal that you could invite all of your morning because he was a big person in the community. He had all these charities that he worked for. He was like a volunteer coach for some team. Right. You know, he, he's a, he's retired and he's rich. So he does all these good things for the community. He has like a huge uh, obituary and lists all of his accomplishments and everybody that loves him. So there's, I'm sure there's a lot of people that came over to their house to mourn his passing. And she has the funeral right there at the bottom of the stairs. <laughs> crazy i know it's so uh, hard to believe in this man who and and then she you know she does claim that he was abusive but i don't know it just seems odd the way that he sort of stood by her through all of this yeah um, but who knows it's really sad to me and yeah this is a this is a relatively recent thing because it said she could get the death penalty because if it's i was kind of reading in on that too um mm-hmm. i guess there has to be um, an aggravating, an aggravator is what they called it. And so the poison would be considered um, an aggravator mm. for her to be able to get the death penalty. I see. I see. So do you think that he actually did fall down the stairs or do you think she pushed him down the stairs thinking that mm. that would be, you know, like he I, wasn't dying fast enough because she'd been sick for three or four days and she's probably thinking like, oh my gosh, this isn't actually going to kill him. That's interesting. I kind of was thinking that he fell down the stairs. I, I guess I thought, you know, he'd just been sick in, the, in his room and then maybe got up to go downstairs and really he legitimately did fall you know because of being poisoned you know yeah yeah I just kind of wonder what if maybe the whole story will come out I don't know obviously she won't testify because she's already confessed but maybe the whole story will come out if they make her sign a statement or something but they may but they may make her do a trial if she's pleading not guilty because of I don't know if there's some way to plead not guilty because of the abuse would it be insanity or something like that because she was well it wouldn't be the first time that somebody confessed to something and then decided when the trial started that they didn't do it so yeah and 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 just saying you know well yeah i did it but i did it because i was afraid he was going to kill me if i didn't or if i left him you know Mm -hmm. he wouldn't let me leave or that sort of thing that could be what what she's thinking of doing so there may actually be end up being a trial for it yeah Hmm. well i guess that's it for that story so there is a good nurse story and it is a good nurse and i i I get i got to thinking about it before we got on you know before we started recording and and when i was saying it was the good story and then i thought wait oh so it is supposed to be an uplifting i sometimes i eat my own words because i'll say i'll say oh it's an uplifting and inspiring and then it's it's not always 
happy. So this is kind of one of those times. I just uh, don't always think through uh, whenever I'm doing these, but I, I love the, um, the story, this woman's story. I like her, not obviously what happened to her because what happened to her was horrible, but she's such a, a great person, it sounds like. So I really wanted to do it and kind of just honor her memory. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes horrible things happen to people who are just really, really amazing. And then it's hard because you don't want to make light of, of that person's death, but at the same time you want to honor their life and not forget them. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of what we have here in, we have an Iraq veteran and uh, she was a nurse. I know it said she was an Iraqi veteran. So she, let's say she risked her life for her country in Iraq. I was trying to see if it said what kind of nurse she was, but I don't remember ever seeing that when I was looking, but she saw it either. She was a nurse and ironically, after risking her life in Iraq, she comes back and here. Oh, here it is. It's an operating room. She was a surgery nurse. Okay. Okay. In Texas. Yeah. And so she was hit by a car at her um, child's school. Mm. It was the first day of school. She was picking them up from school and 58-year-old father was also picking up his kids and he was backing out of the parking space and accidentally hit the gas pedal instead of the brake pedal. Oh my gosh. And so she had hers there were six and seven. So I guess that'd be what first grade and second grade. And there was another friend that she was a 10 year old and she jumped in front of all of them and took the brunt of the blow. They all, they all got hit though. He didn't obviously did not stop. Yeah. I guess it was just one of those things where it just happened so quickly that he just, you know, just kind of liked it was, was not able to respond fast yeah. enough to, I mean, it, it, to prevent. Yeah. It goes so fast. And when, you know, I've, I've seen that happen actually when somebody hits the gas instead of the brake. And mm-hmm. um, you, when you, when your brain thinks you're on the brake, you, your brain has to stop and process, wait, mm-hmm. why is this happening? Yeah. And, then you have to realize the mistake. Oh, my foot's in the wrong place. Oh, now brain move that foot to the other pedal. So, and in that amount of time, you can go really far in a car. Yeah. I think that if you think about it, if he, if he was pressing on the gas and the car is not doing what it's supposed to before he realizes that he, he's just thinking, what is happening? I know I've had times when, um, my, my car, have you ever been sitting in your car and the car next to you starts to roll and mm-hmm. it feels like your that car, panic moment? Like, oh my gosh, <laughs> you think you're moving and the yeah. car, you know, things like that can be so yeah. disorienting and yeah, it just takes your brain a second to figure out what, it, what is it that's going on. And yeah. I'm sure he was distracted because you know how it is when you pick your kids up from school and especially on the first day, it's always, oh, how'd you like your teacher? What did you guys do today? You know, I'm right. sure that there was a lot of talking you know, and going people. on everywhere and children everywhere oh yes yeah just it's because a lot of you know sometimes at the beginning of the school year there's a lot of people that take their kids and pick their kids up and then as Mm -hmm. time goes on some of them I think settle into letting their child use the the bus or they find I know where we are the the parents start figuring out oh actually I'm going to pick you up down here like just around the uh, the, area yeah I'm going to pull into this little place over here and you walk down and and they do that and it it so many times the first day of school is a half a day so you don't you most people just take the day off because Mm -hmm. even if you're going to send your kids on the bus you can't be there at 11 30 to get them off the bus so yeah, just take the day off and take them and yeah. it's supposed to be a happy day. I know. Chuck Norris actually did a, a little write-up 
on her and he said that that she was an, a stellar example of what it means to be an American, a, te- a Texan, a veteran, and a mom. And it says that she was raised in Massachusetts and that she participated in ROTC in high school and then joined the Army and said she reached the rank of Staff Sergeant in NCO. And she was um, in the military for eight years and deployed in two combat tours in Iraq where she worked primarily in logistics, it says. Mm -hmm. And then she became pregnant with her um, first child and then another. And she said that she always thought that she was going to be one of those people who was just going to do, like I guess, 25 years in the military, but then Mm -hmm. decided that um, she didn't want to be away from her children. Yeah. Yeah, I can't imagine having to go overseas and leaving your kids. Yeah. Especially as a single mother, it would be one thing maybe if you had a, your, if your spouse was here, I know I've had talked to Christine about that, about how, you know, some military couples take turns Mm -hmm. deployed, Um, but if you're by yourself, so I guess she decided, well, I want to be here for my children. So she stayed home. And then the women's fund of El Paso gave her scholarships to go to school. And then she went to school to become a nurse. Then it says that she was a single mom student, you know, put herself through school and work and then was able to graduate with her BSN in May of 2017. That has, wasn't even that long oh, ago. Man, yeah. Man. Yeah. Yeah. Why are you give me two sad stories? Oh Jen? my goodness. You're going to want me back. Like, don't think about Sandy. No. Chick- <laughs> we talk about sad stuff when she's on there. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. I mean, I know it's really sad, but I did want to, when I read these stories, sometimes I'm like, oh, this is awful. I don't want to read it. But then I don't want to not tell her story, you know? Exactly. And especially right after we just came off of Veterans Day. I mean, yeah. This, this sort of sacrifice is something that we shouldn't take lightly. It's something we should talk about. And, uh, you know, she was already willing to risk her life for her country. And then she did lay down her life for not only her children, but the other children that were walking across the street. And there was, you know, a 10-year-old little boy that was right with them. But I'm sure there were others around. Who knows how long it would have taken him to stop, you know. So she is a hero and worth worth remembering. Yeah, she jumped in front of them. I, that's uh, what else do you expect, though, from someone who's <laughs> clearly she is a hero? Yeah, she sounded like she was just a wonderful person, and she was willing to sacrifice her own life for her kids. Yeah. And I could only hope that I would respond that way. You know how you get paralyzed sometimes when you see something about to happen and you can't do anything about yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, I hope that I would be able to jump in front of that car. Yeah, me too. I know. Well, I guess that's it. I mean, those were kind of oh, short. Did we stories. say? Did we say her name? Because she's it's an awesome name. Did, I don't think we said it. Did, her I name. Is, her name is Charisma. And her I name. Know. Her yeah. name means the gift of grace. How awesome is that? That is wonderful. Charisma. Charisma James was her name. Yeah. Beautiful name. Mm-hmm. Yep. She has a she has a GoFundMe account. Um, you know, for to for her children, it's already surpassed its fifty thousand dollar goal. So, oh, that's great! People are so awesome. People taking care of the family too. Well, I guess that's it. It was a little bit of a short episode, but I don't know. We, I wanted to try something a little bit different this time, um, rather than kind of going back and forth with the stories. Both, you know, having uh, something to contribute for each story. So, I think it was kind of fun. What did you think? I had a blast. So <laughs> I. I hope that your audience likes me. I get to come back sometime because this was fun. Yay, let's do it. I enjoyed it. I appreciate you having me on. Well, I guess you guys um, have a good week. Next week is Thanksgiving and I have um, some other people I'm going to be recording with. So I should be able to uh, release an episode next week, even though it's Thanksgiving. 
So everybody have a great holiday and hope to see you soon. Don't forget to go see me on Instagram at Good Nurse, Bad Nurse and Facebook at Good Nurse, Bad Nurse Podcast. Just look me up and send me a little line. If you have any ideas for stories or if you want to be a guest or whatever, just send me a message. I'd be happy to hear from you. And don't forget, even if you're a bad girl or boy, please be a good nurse. Thank you.